Hey, this is your Olympic hero, Kurt Angle, and you're listening to the Discus Lariat Collective Podcast with your hosts, Warren, Daryl, and Glenn. It's a great podcast. Check it out. Oh, it's true. It's damn true. What's the story, everybody? Listen to the Discus Larry Collective podcast. I'm your host, Warren, here with Glenn today. We're just going to do a SmackDown review from last night. Uh, before we get into it, wherever you get your podcast, give us a follow, give us a like, give us a review, and then follow us on the socials, Discus Larry Collective on Instagram and the Discus Larry on Twitter. Um, right on. So, to get into the show, then we had Roman Reigns uh, with another deadly promo uh, mm-hmm. opening the show. He was saying basically SmackDown needs him. They need like his presence. They need him as champion. He also said he's given Edge one more chance to back out of this match at WrestleMania. He doesn't want to hurt him. He respects Edge, that he's a father, he's a husband, and he doesn't have to do this, essentially. Um, and then he had a really good quote I've written down here. Um, he said, a man like you doesn't stand a chance against a man like me. Really, really solid promo. Um, once again, he's just doing the best work of his career right now. And even, even though Paul Heyman's standing there behind him, he doesn't even need him anymore. Do you know what I mean? He's at that. He's at that level now. Where he's completely confident on the mic. Um, yeah. In fairness, he was probably like that for years. But obviously, when WWE give you a promo, usually a force instinct is like, "I'm going to read this word for word." Like this is a far cry from back when he was doing the suffering succotash kind of cringe promos, like, like really awful, awful. Forget his words against John Cena. That really, really showed that he wasn't up to that caliber yet. Yeah, and I think. If this Roman Reigns was the same Roman Reigns we've seen a couple of years back against John Cena, I think a lot more people would actually get behind him on his on his face torn. Absolutely. Um, I think pulling pulling the trigger on a star done right, that this is it, not what we got before. Yeah. Um yeah, excellent promo work from him, excellent career work from him. Honestly, it's one of these types of things where I'm actually I'm, I'm biting my tongue a little bit, but I don't want them to lose the belt. I, I I want it. It elevate. He elevates it, and it elevates him. Yeah. You were saying he doesn't even need Paul Heyman and all. I think they need to grow this. Like do a slow burn. Bring in bring in other people. Don't turn it into like a a major faction or the horde business around. But just have like, you know, the way years ago and like the you had like the the corporation or the ministry and you had these types of things where yeah they had a name or whatever. But you know you could have everyone be led by tribal chief Roman and he's just leading people to bigger and better things like where. You know, if you want it, if you want the tag team belts, Roman's gonna fucking arrange someone or somewhere to help you get it. And it's like real dominant heel faction. That's that's not just out to you know put the beat down on people and all. They're out there to own the company, basically. They're out there to fucking run run the wrestling industry. And I think it's it's starting really well. And I'd love to see it develop further. Yeah. Um, Daniel Bryan obviously came out and delivered the you know some excellent mic work as as per usual. Um, do feel it's a bit kind of like. Uh, you know, because at the end of the day, he did lose. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, and and SmackDown being this whole land of opportunities thing, I do think it, it would have made more sense maybe to have some other people who didn't get as good a shake um, come out. Um, with the promo we saw later on with Cesar and Rollins, but obviously they're building different fields there. So, 
Well, that's it, yeah. Um, like they, they kind of teased, obviously, Daniel Bryan and Edge a few weeks ago, and they're teasing it again now. So it's, I suppose, that they're kind of planting seeds for what could come like later on down the line. Mm. Because realistically, like Edge, I think, assigned to like, a, I think it was a three year deal or something, three or four year deal. So yeah, he's not technically, I suppose, he's, he's not full time in terms of wrestling, but he's there every week mm. anyway. So he's going to be consistently involved. So even if he, he comes up short against Roman at WrestleMania or he wins against Roman and drops the belt say, at SummerSlam to Daniel Bryan, at least you still have these kind of storylines in the works as well. Um, but as you said, Daniel Bryan came out, yeah, asking for a universal title shot. He said, um, basically, he didn't get that fair shake. And Jey Uso attacked him. He was like, yeah, yeah no, get out of here. You're a clown, this, that, and the other. Which then set up um, a match later on. The night. It was Jey Uso against Daniel Bryan. If Daniel Bryan wins, he gets a universal championship match at uh, Fastlane against Roman Reigns. Um, there was also then a backstage segment with Adam Pearce, Sonya Deville and Edge and Edge was like it's a bit of a slap in the face essentially he was like ah, I know you just mean no disrespect as you say but I did win the Royal Rumble and now this fella's cutting in line so um, I like that because usually they don't call that out ever do you know what I mean usually they're just like yeah. oh yeah we'll have the WrestleMania show and they just keep, keep it going like that but it was kind of cool that he called out the fact that he should be fighting Roman not Daniel Bryan so that was kind of cool yeah. and uh, one thing I noticed as well um what was I going to say, actually? There's something that I, I, I copped last night. So, ah, fuck it, it'll come back to me anyway. Um, yeah, we'll move on, because otherwise I'll, I'll just keep thinking about I'll keep trying to think about it. Um, it'll come back to you, it'll come back to you. Just, just, yeah. It will, yeah. So what, what happened then was we had the first uh, match of the night then, uh, Ray and Dominic Mysterio against Otis and Gable. Um, a fairly short match, as as most of the matches on this will we'll get to now. They're all fairly short to me. Last night, sorry. Yeah. So... Uh, yeah, Ray and Dominic. It was it was kind of just yeah, Ray getting a beat down. That's really the main uh, gist of that match. Um, Otis yeah. got a lot of offense in against Ray. Uh, Gable got in a lot of offense against Ray. There was a hot tag then to Dominic, but again, he was dumped outside. Ray yet to pin. Um, I like this kind of new attitude from Otis. I feel like the the Alpha Academy isn't going to last long. <clears throat> I feel like no. Otis is just going to turn on Gable now in a few weeks' time and just be like, oh, I don't need you. I never really needed you. Um. Yeah, alright, match or what it was. Nothing special though. Yeah. Yeah. Well yeah, I think in terms of development, we have seen the the slightly tired old trope of heel tag team dominates. You know, it doesn't really go anywhere and then uh, split them up. Yeah. And I do think this notion that, you know, Chad Gable is a is a all American wrestler, fucking and oh, it's just a big mean cunt. I, I do think it, it will work better if they play on the fact that, you know, Otis, even in his heel work like they did with Team Hell No, um, it is, he is still a, a comedic type character. And if they wanted to do it, they should do their training montages, have their fun with it, make him be a dominant big bastard heel and maybe regress Chad Gable into slight valet territory yeah. as opposed to, you know, or almost managerial territory as opposed to just simply breaking them up. And then, and then have it be that, you know, Oh, this gets too out of control, and 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 you know, Gable needs to come in and and, and stop him type of thing later on down the line because you can build those ones a little bit slower and a little bit longer than a simple, yeah, fuck you type of thing. Because yeah. I think he'll Otis by himself, um, with no training wheels. I don't know that he would go too far when there are already other bigger, better monsters in, in the game at the minute. Yeah. Um, like he, he wouldn't elevate above the mid guard, I think, without a little help. No. And we've seen it with other people before where they drop the ball on big heels. Um, just by simply not having the right, the, the you know the right amount of salt, I suppose, in them. Like, yeah. Um, 
But yeah, short match. It kind of it's always a bit sad to see Rey Mysterio get kind of put down lower on the pole, but I suppose they don't really have development talent ever since fucking Black Wednesday last year or whatever. So yeah, um, true. Yeah, well, it was what it was. Nothing to write home about. Um, but yeah, good nonetheless, and kept kept things going for for all for all characters involved. Yeah, true. Yeah. Um, after this, then we had a recap of Apollo absolutely murdering Big E with steel steps from the week before, um, and then Apollo came out. Very good promo. It's actually funny because the first thing that I copped, I'd say probably last week or a week before when Apollo started doing his promos backstage before he came out, he was like, what would you say? You know that stereotypical wrestling thing where you say a line and then you wait because obviously you'll have a crowd reaction. It was like he was waiting so long between sentences and it was wrecking my head when I was watching it. And I don't know, it was just doing me nothing. But then he came out last night and he caught a serious promo steadily. It was really yes. good. And this is exactly what Apollo Crews needs. He um, he obviously, he has the talent. He has a wealth of experience. He's a jacked bastard. He has a look. Um, and he just hasn't really been used, right? As as we said before, he's that too, too nice kind of character that it was yeah. almost like he was just getting boy on. Oh, yeah, he's, he's a good, good hand. But he was never going to elevate more than that. But now he is. He has a heel gimmick now. He was going on about yeah. um, that he's actually from Nigeria. And his ancestors are royalty. His great grandfather, like, ruled with an iron fist. Um, he owned a lot of land in Nigeria, and he showed you the steel and stuff. It was just really like impassioned, and that's yeah. that's what I liked because, like, Apollo's been deadly. Like, even on the Indies and stuff, like he was he was class, and I think he wrestled under the name like Uha Nation, and a lot of people then were like, "Oh, this is very, this could go far now." Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Um. So I really liked it. I actually really liked that promo. I don't know about you. Um, yeah, honestly, that was the best I've seen Apollo Crews on the mic. Yeah, he has never been better, he's never looked better. We touched on Roman Reigns being at a career peak in terms of the work he's doing. This is this is definitely what Apollo Crews needed. And honestly, you know, this kind of shows a bit of irony because if this was Apollo Crews six months ago, we would have been fucking holding holding all the gold with the horse business by yeah. midsummer, look. Um, which is definitely something I could see fucking happening now. Just a massive expansion of them lads being like, yeah. But Apollo Crews, I think, is going to do well as a singles competitor. As a singles competitor, I think he's going to take the IC belt soon enough. I think he is going to hold and dominate it. Big E, as an IC uh, belt holder, is kind of like Triple H as the IC belt holder in uh, in O one. Yeah. Very much a placeholder. Very much a your 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 next in line. Uh, yeah, I for think the big shot. Yeah. Exactly. I think we will see by the end of the year, hopefully a Big E or even a Cesaro run with the Universal title and sending Roman into bigger and greater feuds that have more substance than just the belt. Because like you said, some stars don't always need the belt. And I do think that Roman Reigns is a a placeholder for holding that next big, you know, big feud spot with with like another legend or something like that, maybe even. But um, I do think we'll, we'll see Apollo Crews fit nicely into that upper mid card spot holding the IC belt and having a very dominant reign over it. That's what I would like to see. I'd like to see him beat all of the other kind of babyface stars. I'd like to see him, you know, be like he beat Nakamura and I actually don't have a problem with it. Like I'm a big Nakamura fan and I do genuinely don't have a problem with how that went. Yeah. Um, same, yeah. Because that is the right way to build a star. That this is this is you know SmackDown building stars one on one. We need to see him be you know, in some of the crossover matches, we need to see him beat the US title holder eventually as well. Uh, in Riddle, we'll need to see him fucking uh, hopefully on Raw one day and beat the likes of Braun Strowman and, and other big guys again, cement himself. And, and we might see him then fight for a bigger belt in, in maybe another year or so. Um, but it's definitely what Cruz is needed. I'm very impressed with what he's doing. 
Yeah, it really, really is. It's it, he's gone above and beyond now, and it's only been like two weeks. So already mm. you can see it's just picking up steam week after week, and it's one of them things now that I'll be tuning into SmackDown just to see that. Even do you know what I mean? Like yeah. whatever about the kind of small throwaway matches. I want to see Apollo Crews. So I want to see Apollo Crews in the ring. I want to see Apollo Crews in the mic. Um, he had a he had a really good match then with Nakamura as well. Again, yeah. like it didn't go. 10 15 minutes, but it was still great for what it was. Um, we had basically Nakamura a standard getting in the offense with the kind of quick, kind of yeah, I suppose, yeah, quick range of motion, stuff like that. And then Apollo just, I suppose, proving how dominant he can be in the ring, huge yeah. suplexes. Um, he used the scarf that he brought down, it's like almost like a ceremonial scarf. He used that to get out of a, a sleeper hold as well, which was so smart. He like pulled it and then yeah. Nakamura shot into the turnbuckle, really good. And then, um yeah, he hit the angle slam as well. That, that's yeah. like his new finisher, I think. Um, they didn't they didn't come up with a name for it, and I do yeah. hope it's it's some fucking something to link in with his new character build. Uh, I do like that he went back to his natural accent too. Um, yeah, that was so cool, that's, actually. That's, that's genuinely how the bloke sounds, and he Americanized his accent for his performance. Yeah, and I don't think we should see a rebrand of the name. I think Apollo Cruz has a very strong, very pop culture related name anyway. Yeah, I don't think we should see it yet until he holds a belt. I think yeah. maybe after he holds a belt, you can do a rebrand if you want to go that way. Because yeah. how many times have we seen someone lose their name like Matt or Antonio and all of a sudden it's just some plain vanilla name that doesn't exactly, that, that yeah. hinders a brand, you know? Um, but yeah, I definitely definitely think that that was, that was a good result to have because um, Nakamura has a bounce back, whereas some stars just simply don't. Like, you'll get a bounce back with Nakamura, you'll get a bounce back with Daniel Bryan. You can slot them into a main event picture later on if you want, same way AJ Styles. But when you're talking about building building someone for stardom, um, you, Apollo Crews needed to win. He needed the momentum. And I think he's going to carry it forward into into winning the OC belt off Big E. And I actually do hope that they have a good feud for the belt, maybe even all the way through the summer. Yeah, I'd love to see like a three-four-month feud. I'd, I'd yeah. be happy enough with that. Um, Jericho Benoit-esque. That's, yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. I always try to get the one up on each other. And that's the thing. Like you can yeah. trade wins, you can trade losses. Try them in the best of seven series, I guarantee you'll get great matches. Like so yeah. yeah, I'm I'm happy enough with that. And I'm I'm looking forward to next week now, see how they go. Um obviously Big E wasn't on SmackDown, so I'm looking forward to seeing what he's gonna do now when he comes back. Um so after this, then we had the next match, which was Tamina versus Liv Morgan. This was literally about two minutes long. It was just a Tamina strength showcase. That's all it was, really. Yeah. Um it's yeah, and then Tamina and Natalia seem to be like the team again like in terms of they, they seem like they're going to be a team maybe challenging for the belts maybe one day and um, they're yeah. definitely going to be feuding with the Riot squad but it looks things but um, yeah but like I, sometimes I hate when it's this kind of strength showcase match as well like I don't understand yeah. if it was a squash but it kind of wasn't so it, it just like looked Liv like Morgan got in a couple of nice kicks. Moves, like, <laughs> yeah a few drop kicks a couple of step up ins a good reason like yeah. um. Like I'm not gonna say it was a bad match because it no, actually no. was like it, it did your progression wise, story wise, it did exactly what it's done. I just think I've seen it before. Yeah. And I think if they were gonna go the route that they went and making Tamina look strong, they need to play on the fact that Tamina is a is is a strong heel, yeah. not just a strong wrestler. Like fair enough, make her look dominant, but at the end of the day, if these girls are meant to be in there as a tag team and we've really we've we've fucking blunted the the hammer and nail point on saying how poorly developed the women's tag team division is play on the fact that Natty and Tamina are the second generation superstars that they've got this easier pathway if you want to call it that um into the WWE and into title pictures and that play on the fact that Tamina hasn't really been in the title pictures and that they're 
going to strap a rocket to themselves and hammer their way up. And playing the fact that the Royal Squad are now underdogs, that they're not a three-person faction, they're not second-generation superstars, you know, and that they are the smaller of the of the, of the the pair of women with less experience, you know, play on underdog roles. And that's, we've seen that happen when we had um, American Alpha break into the NXT scene. And, you know, uh, I can't even remember who was the title holders before the Revival now, and I'm trying to think about it. Um, because the revival won the belts and held it for a long, long time. Um, but like when you're talking about like creating dominant roles, that to me more so felt like they were just trying to push to me as a single star with Natalia being her like uh, support manager, valet, it et cetera. Did, actually, yeah. It didn't really feel like these are halves of tag teams fighting the way we've seen with like an Uso versus say a New Day member. Yeah. Um, you know, and I do think that you need to you need to divide your focus as opposed to just have one primary because at the end of the day if you're not going to keep that focus on a primary uh in a match you lose it you lose it very very fast when Tamina isn't on telly next week or when she you know goes through a tag team breakup in three weeks or four weeks time like and I think long-term planning is is going to be very important for these types of developments yeah and the likes of Natalia as well like she um like, I understand you're given a role before you go out in a match and you're like, yeah, right, yeah. you do this, that, you know, you have your spots, you have this, that, you When it comes to someone like Natalia who's been there that long and been skipped in the queue, I suppose, when it comes to any time you're on TV, you need to stand out. You actually do. Yeah. Um, as we were saying about Apollo Crews, he coasted for ages because he was like a great, great hand, a great wrestler. That's it. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas like Natalia, fantastic wrestler, if not one of the best women's wrestlers on the planet, she can go with anyone. Not a bother yeah. to her. Um, but she stand outside the ring and all she said was, get her, get her, like finish three her. times. That, yeah, finish her, that's all. Whereas yeah. she could have got involved with Ruby Roya. Like at one yeah. stage, say, when uh, Liv Morgan was getting a few bits of offense in, she could have went around to Ruby Roya and careened her into them steps just yeah. to kind of distract Roya and then look like a mean heel or something. Like, But no, it's, she's yeah. too nice. And then on Instagram, she's going to be po- posing with all of them now. Do you know what I mean? This is this is what I always find, and it's it's more perplexing with Natalia as a wrestler. Like, and I don't I don't want to conf- confuse gender stereotypes here. We're talking about the wrestlers as performers. Yeah. I think Natalia is tied with Big Show for whether the confusion <laughs> on heel face dynamics yeah. with that girl. Because <laughs> Natalia is a great face. She yeah. has the capacity to be an even better heel. Yeah. But what confuses me and puzzles me the most is that she aligns herself with different women. Like you said, as per the Instagram story, rather than as per the wrestling ring, I I can I'm obviously I'm not a casual fan by any means, but if I skip two weeks of SmackDown, I'm gonna be confused as to why Natalia's now with Tamina. I'm no longer with Lana or what was the other blonde she was with for a while? She was with like two of them back to back. Probably Mandy Rose Fucking, or something. Was I can't remember. Yeah, would like she was literally tag teaming with them mm-hmm. as a face against the more dominant heel women of that division, yeah. whoever that might have been, Bailey and Sasha or something at the time. And it's just like, how fucking confusing is it that these people just are flipping coins for their character development? Like, should the primary focus not to either be to be dominating people or yeah. dominating uh fucking championship division? So yeah. like, if you were now a tag team, make that be the focus. Make make you go up there, hold your arms up, you're a champ. You and you and Tamina are gonna be the champions. That's that's the fucking that's the development. We want that tag team belts. We're better than fucking China and, and Noia Jax. Look at my stronger, faster version of Noia, and I'm a more technical, better wrestler than Shayna. Hoo ha. 
well, what's what's the point? What are they going to feud with these girls in a in a vanilla nothing said nothing done feud? Where now we're going to get Natalia and Ruby Riot, where Ruby Riot's going to pick another up another roll up victory after a, a failed Tamina distraction that actually distracts Natalia while Liv Morgan pulls down the boot. Like I can write this. I like. Yeah, I just I feel shouldn't like be able to write this. To, uh, yeah, like as you said just there, you said that entire <laughs> match that's going to happen next week. I can imagine, and then what will happen is the. Like to me, it'll get a bit pissed off that she was distracted or whatever. Then you'll have a, a match on the pre-show for a fast lane, which will end up in the team breaking up. That's the way that that usually yeah. goes. That formula, which is important. or it'll be it'll be a tag team match where the cracks won't show, and we'll get the classic underdog tag team quick tags until one of them gets worked on by the arm or the shoulder or the knee, and then yeah. they're constantly trying to tag. Eventually, it's a hot tag between Ruby Roy and Natalia. Slap each other a bit. Natalia tags into Mina for the splash win, or you'll get a roll up. Yeah, pretty much. Um, yeah. Like, again, I shouldn't be able to write this. I should be seeing like planning, actual planning, like very military, real military grade uh, single action army. But like, I'm not like Ruby, Ruby Riot and Liv Morgan are nowhere near as experienced as the other two girls. Play on that. Play yeah. on the fact that the, the other two girls are quick tagging because they kind of don't really know, but they have been a tag team longer. Play yeah. on the fact that the other girls, while experienced, don't know the right way to tag in. Like you could have uh, Natalia have a hold, tag into Tamina, Tamina come in and get up on the turnbuckle ready to hit like a double axe handle or something. And then fucking Ruby Roy snatch her arm back and sprint over to Liv Morgan and, and get a tag with a slow enter to the ring. And then all of a sudden it's like, oh, because they're not a tag team, they fail to, you know, Right? execute their, their, their cooperation properly yeah. so you're not showing like the breakup potential you're showing the fucking the lack of tag team experience versus the tag team experience you're showing the wrestling experience versus the lack of wrestling experience and i think that those are better story notes to play on like we like they're they're well established as to who and what they are and what they do but like no one's gonna like their posts on instagram and then tune into the wrestling match it works the other way around so yeah, pretty much yeah like it's just yeah yeah, with, yeah, with, another with, random women's women's tag team wrestling being poor than tag team wrestling as a whole. Yeah, pretty much. Um, <laughs> but yeah, hopefully with Dakota Kai and Gonzalez inevitably take them belts, maybe we'll see some some better matches or some better feuds. But um, until then, I suppose we'll just rock on with this because uh, we don't want to go too long, I suppose. Um, yeah. Nearly finished now as well, to be honest. So uh, after <laughs> this, we had Bianca Belair was coming out to choose her opponent for WrestleMania. Um, there was a video package shown on each champion and then for no reason at all, Adam Pearce was there, to be honest. Adam Pearce and Sonya Deville. They were in the ring for like two seconds, then got out of the ring after video packages, but whatever. Um, yeah, Reginald came down in the third, and he was just kind of saying again, uh, I wouldn't fight Sasha. She'll beat you at WrestleMania. Um, like your ma said, your, uh, your choice should define you, and this this would be a bad matchup. Then Sasha came out and told him, don't talk for me again. And then, yeah, the long and short of it, Bianca Belair picked Sasha Banks, which we all we all, we all wanted anyway. Um, we all knew. Um, yeah, we all knew. As but, good as Belair is in a in a in in wrestling storyline terms, she get murdered by Asuka. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Asuka will probably lose to Charlotte now anyway. True. Yeah, but um, yeah, I'm delighted she picked Sasha Banks. Um, this match is going to be a banger. Um, yeah, it really is. I cannot wait to be honest. And I have a weird feeling this could main event night one of WrestleMania. That's what I think. I think it will as well. I yeah. I think we'll see. Um, I I honestly think we'll actually see the universal title probably potentially open one of the nights, unless we're gonna get like night one, you know, all of the lower middle card belts and then the women's belts with the SmackDown one going on last, and then yeah. maybe night two being both of the main for the men's. I just I I I 
I don't know. I, I think the universal title will end up taking the final slot on one of them or the opening slot to 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 cement that as like a fucking or a banger of an opener. Um yeah. depending. But yeah. Uh, the only thing I don't like, like I've voiced me me displeasures recently. I don't like Reginald. Yeah. I think he has no place in the in the women's picture. I think it's a takeaway that the women do the talking. Sasha and fucking Bianca Belair are top of the women's game in terms of wrestling at the minute, and um, yeah. with very few coming uh, closer as good. Yeah, so really, yeah. I think it should it should have been down to them two alone. Um, but yeah, all the uh, this is good booking. This is good storytelling. Look forward to their match at Mania. Yeah, I can't wait now to be honest. And I'm glad now that decision's made. Now you could you just have two months, basically yeah, a month and a bit of just build now. So looking forward yeah. to that. Um, after this then. She also pointed to the sign, of course, the fireworks went off. So let's not forget that. Um, after this, then we had Zane. I love and Pyro. <laughs> we had Zane and Corbin backstage. Yeah. Um, this was an, another attempt at kind of throwing a tag team together. Um, it was funny though, it was done in a really funny way, I thought, because Zane was like, Oh, yeah, like, oh, you have the, the strategic mind and you have um, uh, strength. And it was just deadly the way he did it. He was just yeah. like, and the two filmmakers were like Baron Corbin's face and all. He was like, what is with these guys? And he's like, we can win tag team gold. Do you want to do that? And, and then uh, Corbin was like, yeah, just stay in my way though. So that led to Street Profits against Zane and Corbin with basically kind of like uh, number one contendership on the line, I suppose you could say. Mm. Um, yeah, Ziggler and Rude were watching backstage. I honestly forget every week that they're the tag team champions. Um, yeah. Yeah. So, and they deserve better and they deserve they do, yeah. to, to, to show a better showing for the characters that they are. This is a classic sign of WWE complacency. I, I feel terrible because Dolph Ziggler, at least two points in his career, had the potential to literally hold the, the belt and take the company for a couple of a couple of weeks or a couple of months. Yeah. Never Fuck me, no! Like <laughs> sticking sticking with a tag team with another equally charismatic and great competitor, and just let them be forget forgotten by the fans. Like. Yeah, and that's the thing. Like it's it's upsetting because like don't get me wrong. Obviously, the likes of uh, uh, Bobby Roode, he's like pretty much established as both a singles and a uh, tag team wrestler. He's one of them guys who's spent enough years doing both. So yeah. as you said, they're both charismatic, they're both great workers. But it's just a shame when you see that in the tag team. I think sometimes it takes weight. It's like the two man power trip that never worked. Do you know what I mean? So yeah. like it, it worked for whatever amount of week, weeks or so, and then they were like, "Yeah, these two guys are too big to be doing this." Um, so, but they're also too too now currently too small to be elevated above the rising stars for exactly. the in US belt. Yeah. There's no other belt for them, and then it's like, well, what? Did, what? Did, it's very much a what do we do with them? We don't want to stick the company on them now when we have Roman Reigns and when we have fucking, uh, well, actually, the Miz. Yeah, Dolph Ziggler needs to go over the Raw and feud with the Miz if he's gonna <laughs> not drop that to Lashley. Like, but yeah, but um, yeah, good, good match anyway, though. Um, Dawkins and Montez Ford got the win. Uh, as expected, there was um yeah. a few good instances with Baron Corbin. He went to do his run around the ring, kind of. Uh, big punch that he does but he got the filmmakers got in the way by Sami Zayn which is pretty funny and then a while later then um, they got in his way again they were, he like dropped down he got kicked out of the ring he was getting up and they were all in his face taking photos and videos of him and he was going mad and then Montez Ford hit a big dive um, Angelo Dawkins hit a sick looking neck breaker it was like an underhook reverse neck breaker it was really cool yeah. and then Ford for the frog splash for the win solid match um, fairly short but um, yeah it was kind of teasing that like oh we can go on to bigger and better things like Sami Zayn and Corbin in terms of the tag team division but like yeah I, I didn't really mind it and um, it's one of them tag teams that I wouldn't mind seeing because I'd rather see that than Corbin single on the like weekly yeah I like, think this really bother me but it's just I, I'd rather him in a team this again gives me team hell no vibes uh, yeah. which I enjoy 
uh, yeah, look, there's, there was nothing exactly to write home about, but like we literally, what did I say? What maybe a minute or two minutes ago about tag teams? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Me and you could be a tag team and just go after the gold. So it's like we're good, um, you know, single stars. That's yeah. let's just go after the gold. So if that's going to be easy to go against a legitimate tag team, and exactly, get trashed. Yeah. yeah, and because of their own fucking humorous failures, great, great booking. Yeah, do that, do that, with, do that more. Do that yeah. with like six other tag teams, and you're good. <laughs> yeah, I really liked it. In fairness. Um, so after that, then, like, obviously, they're not going to be in the toilet picture right now, but still, it was good to see. Um, mm-hmm. After this, then, we had Daniel Bryan getting interviewed backstage, and he had a pretty cool promo where he was saying that he doesn't think Edge could actually beat Roman Reigns at WrestleMania, so why not have him win the title kind of thing? Yeah. Um, really good, and then Edge came in, he was like, oh, just humor me for a sec. If you beat Roman at Fastlane, who do you think will win between those two at WrestleMania? And then Daniel Bryan's like, like, I'll keep that answer for myself. Exactly, yeah, it was really good. Um yeah. And again, teasing that, as I said, like sowing the seeds for a potential feud with M2. So, yeah, I'm here for that. Um, really good segment. And again, keeps you invested now past WrestleMania if this doesn't yeah. happen at Mania. So that's pretty good. Um, I suppose we'll move on then, just because we don't want this to go too far over. So after this, then, we had Rollins in the ring. And he was straight away basically interrupted by Cesaro. Um, looking like a stereotypical da in a pair of jeans, just rocking down. Oh, yeah. jeans, a pair of brown shoes, <laughs> but um, buco, buco jeans. Yeah. So uh, he came down, and Rollins cut a really good promo where he was saying Cesaro keeps coming up short, and why is that? Like, what is he missing? How is he coming up short? He's so strong, pound by pound, the big, the best. This, that, and the other. He's been around the business so long. Why can't he achieve greatness? Why can't he shatter the glass seal and stuff like that? Really solid promo by Rollins, which is great because the like, guy love Rollins on the mic sometimes. I hate his yeah. nasally voice, but when he's coming across like this kind of heel, I really like it. It works. Um, oh, yeah. So he basically, not, yeah, basically torn into, I suppose, Cesaro in a way because it is, I suppose, for if, if you put that, like, that much time and effort into a career, and you don't have really anything to show for it in terms of the big stage, it yeah. would get you. And that's that's what I like because obviously everyone to Cesaro, Cesaro to everyone is like he's like the best. He's the, he's the best kind of uh, the best guy who's never won the big one kind of thing. He's like the way you had Rick Rude and Roddy Piper and these kind of guys. Um, they're yeah. amazing, but they just can't get the job done when it, when the the chips are down. And that's what Ross yeah. was like. If you take me on and embrace this vision, you can you can shatter the glass ceiling. You can reach the brass ring. And then he turned around and he's like, I've done everything you can't do, which is funny. Do you know what I mean? That kind of thing. And yeah. you could see Cesaro's kind of like, mm, and it almost looked like thinking. he was thinking about it. I was I was actually going to say, oh man, although I want their their feud, I was like, fuck, what if he actually says yeah? Yeah, and then that would be that pure team power trip. Yeah. Like imagine, yeah. imagine if Rollins was like, you know what, I'm going to, I'm, I'm going to help you. And yeah. he's actually, he actually does it. And he he basically gets, if, if Reigns drops the belt to Edge, Cesaro fucking Rollins could shoehorn Cesaro into a Reigns uh, Cesaro feud yeah. where they trade one and then he gets the better of him and then you could then have um, Daniel Bryan take the belt off Edge by before summer and then have Cesaro take the belt off Daniel Bryan by SummerSlam with Rollins' help and then yeah. have them two feud for the belt which I think would be fucking class but I am happy that he swung the bejesus out of him it was gas so Seth Rollins reacted great to the swing he's like ah, ah. Oh boy. <laughs> put me down <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> it was gas. Um, I was gonna say about that whole thing though. Um, like if Cesaro obviously got into the toilet picture and stuff, it'd be deadly because obviously he deserves it. Obviously, more probably more than anyone on the roster right now. But um, yeah, yeah but Rollins by his side, it could, could be really good. Like, and then as you said, them two could feud for it, and it would be almost like it would give me. I know obviously they're about all the guys, but it'd remind me of say 
Triple H and Randy Orton at the break yeah. of Revolution, where he, he he's like, oh, I got you there, Randy, I got you there. And they had him up on Batista's shoulders, and then Triple yeah. H was just, just like, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, thumbs down, but I'll, yeah, give me that belt. Um, but yeah, really enjoying that anyway. So um, Cesaro, yeah, hit the big swing, hit the uppercut, and Rollins kind of saying like, nah, fuck yourself, pal, which obviously a lot of people did think these were going to feud up to WrestleMania. And yeah, they probably will. Like yeah, it does look that way. And they could have a show stealer, like what happened yeah. last year with Owens and... Rollins, that was a hell of a match. Like, absolutely, um, yeah. So I reckon, then, I reckon we will. We'll get um, Rollins one up on Cesaro, and then we'll yeah. get um, Cesaro to take home um, the mini match. Yeah, I hope he does. I really do because it's that kind of. Although it's obviously not for a belt or anything like that, but regardless, it seems the way that book on Cesaro seems inevitable that you will get the big shot now soon. Um, yeah. Obviously, once the kind of every all the moving pieces are finished, whether he has to jump the raw to do it, I don't care. Um, I love the universal toilet picture right now and all the potential that it has over the next six to ten months. So I'm happy enough with it to be honest. Um then the yeah. main event, then we had Daniel Bryan against Jay Uso. As I said at the start of the show, if Daniel Bryan wins, he'll fight Roman Reigns at fast lane. Um uh, yeah, good back and forth. Um Daniel Bryan taking it to Jay then for the mo- the most of the match. Um, yeah. well for the for the early part and then Jay then kind of turned the tables by working the leg, the injured knee. Uh, yeah, out on the off the outside and the table and all. It was just exactly, good, yeah. good, good heel work from Jay. Yeah, it really was. And that's the thing. This main event Jay Uso thing that's that's come about him and him and Ryan's feud that happened a few months back. It's doing wonders for Jay Uso because obviously the, J- Jimmy's not around right now in terms of like the whole tag team. So why not have in a main event match or basically yeah. being Roman's kind of uh, like second in command? Why not? Like it makes sense. But um, yeah, really solid match. Um, your best match on the card in terms of it got a, a good few minutes and stuff. But yeah, and it told the story and then it led on to ooh, what's going to happen? Are they going to? Is Daniel Bryan going to get the fast lane? Real solid match. Unfortunately, it ended in a double count out. But again, I don't really mind because we do have next week and then we have see next week then is the go home show to fast lane, I think, isn't it? No, two weeks actually. Jesus, yeah, we have a few weeks of, of SmackDown. Yeah. So yeah, plenty of time to build it anyway. But um, yeah, really solid match. Double count out. And then Reigns came out then afterwards. And as I said earlier, before we actually started this, me and Glenn were talking about this, it felt like the, the the timing was slightly off in terms of the ref might have been like, Jesus Christ, yeah, right, we have one minute before we go off here. Because it felt very condensed at the end. Like, not the double count out. I mean, the second the double count out happened, it was like both of the lads went back up in the ring. And then Reigns came out. And then the, the show was over, it felt like. There was yeah. no real... Even, like, by the time he got the belt and held it up, the cameras were turning off, kind of thing. It was so, real, like, abrupt conclusion. Yeah, yeah, abrupt, yeah. It's like um, it happened on Dynamite as well this week in the Lance Archer and Ray Phoenix match. The second the match finished, the t- show went off the air. So it does happen sometimes, but again, it didn't take away from anything. Rain still came out and went through Daniel Bryan with spear and then held the belt up. So yeah. it kind of imposes his dominance still. So yeah, no, nobody looked weak though. Anyway, like, I mean, a double count out does wonders for everyone involved. So really enjoyed yeah. it. It was good. It was a good episode of SmackDown. Um, definitely think it was the week or the the stronger of Raw and SmackDown by 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 quite a bit because yeah. of all of the character work that they've done. Um I do I do think genuinely that um it's still it, SmackDown should be better than NXT. Yeah. Um so as far as comparing the two shows this week NXT just edges it a little bit. Yeah. Um across the board because of obviously the matches that we did get over there. Yeah. Um and like we discussed on the Dynamite episode, that was that I still think that Reigns King for the week. Um, yeah. by a uh, quite a margin. So it'll uh, be interesting to see what they're doing going into the next couple of pay-per-views and obviously with next week's shows and that. So just looking forward to seeing where we where we take it from here. Yeah. 
that's the thing. Like, yeah, it wasn't a bad show by any means. It just felt like it was a lot of story work, which is good. Yeah. That's obviously everyone cries out for story work, build this, that, and the other. There just wasn't a lot in terms of in ring. Um, and if mm-hmm. there was, like, there was a like as we said, there was like four or five matches, but in total, three or four of them were the the. If you combine them, that was the 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 regular type of match, a TV match. So that's how yeah. short they all were. Like, do you know what I mean? So that was the only issue, really. That's the only thing that kind of bugged me a bit was that I felt I like think- I was getting video package promo ads video package yeah. half a match ads so i do think with next week they probably will because of 205 getting a lot of wrestling matches in uh, last night i genuinely think we will get a lot more matches on the smackdown card we next will. week yeah yeah with a lot of the storytelling being done in the ring i think we're gonna get like you know apollo cruz being dominant i think we're gonna get probably not a roman reigns match more than we no. would get another um another Daniel Bryan match, you know, that type of thing. So uh, just look forward to seeing it next week and seeing where we go. Yeah, same. So yeah, overall, like these episodes, SmackDown. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I'm just looking forward now to next week. And then obviously we have, what is it? We have Raw now on Monday. And then, yeah, and then on, on Wednesday then, yeah, a big night for NXT as well. So th- oh, there's yeah. a, lot to, a lot to look forward to really, you know what I mean? So even if you do have that one show that kind of falls slightly like, under the radar or below the bar a bit, it's th- you're still looking forward to something. And it might not even yeah. obviously be WWE. I'm just using WWE as an example because it's a SmackDown review here. But yeah, so yeah. overall, yeah, we both enjoyed it. Um, as we said, though, slightly weaker of the past past few weeks. But what can you do? You can't win them all. I mean, no, so yeah, so um, <laughs> we'll call it a day then on this one. Um, just want to say, yeah, once again, thanks very much for listening. We will be back here then today, I suppose, if you're still listening to this. And um, we'll be yeah. back here with a quick fire episode, Glenn taking the reins on that one. And then... In terms of next review, we'll be back on Tuesday for a Monday Night Raw review. So until then, talk to you later. See you later.